things are heating up this week and in the northern hemisphere next week is the spring equinox, meaning, well, if you're in the northern or southern hemisphere, it's an equinox, meaning the light and dark are equal, 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark. And we're only going to move in the northern hemisphere towards lighter days now for the next three months until the summer solstice. Things are heating up astrologically. We're going to talk about why on this episode, why this week is a foreshadowing of some major events to come for the next six months or so, kind of setting into motion some larger cycles, some larger astrological undercurrents that will be prominent for the next six months or so. So if you've been around for a while listening to the Yogi Scopes podcast, welcome back. If you're new, welcome. I might reference a couple older episodes like the March Outlook episode where I said this month might feel like a breath of fresh air between some other major shifts happening this year, but also this month is a little bit of a foreshadowing for what's to come. And so we're going to talk about why in just a moment we'll get into all the nitty gritty details, the astrological events that are happening and what they mean, of course, and how to interpret that for yourself. And of course, yoga practices and journal prompts to work with that. So it's not just some heady um, cerebral thing, but a way you can bring the astrology down into embodiment and work it into your life. That's what we do here on the Yogi Scopes podcast. Um, But then also, I've been talking about on various podcast episodes recently how 2020 caused a major shift, obviously, like if you've been around living as a human being at all, you know that you were there, probably, if you're listening to this podcast, Um, and we saw those energies kind of play out for 2020 and 2021 and 2022, and now you may have noticed that we're seeing a lot of shifts. We are seeing, for example, people aren't really talking about COVID so much anymore. Um, It's kind of off people's minds, but now the big thing on people's minds is economics around the world, um, technology changes. So we'll see more of that this year. And so we're going to talk about it on this episode. So first, welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I am a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer. If you don't have your sidereal birth chart, or if it sounds weird, the planets I'm saying and what signs they're in, um, it's because it's sidereal astrology. There's some resources on my website, on the blog. If you click the article section, you can also go to yogiscopes.com and in the um, navigation click chart calculator to get your free Vedic birth chart. So welcome. Here we go. Um, Yeah. Uh, So this week, let's just first talk about what's going on. And then we'll get to, of course, the overall energies, like what that's contributing to, what exactly it's foreshadowing, what that will, what the next six months or so will be like, and what we're kind of stepping into now. So first, Venus moved into Aries on March 11th. So that's interesting. For the last month or so before that, Venus was exalted. Venus is the planet of love and luxury and, um, you know, what's important, how we love, relationships, things like that. And it's exalted in Pisces. It was with Jupiter and in February, Neptune, who is considered a co-ruler of Pisces, There's debate about that in the Vedic astrology world. I'm not going to go there. Today's not the day. I think I talked about it in a a February episode, but um, if I didn't, sorry, I just don't feel like going there today. But um, that was was probably a sweeter time for relationships. 
Now, Venus is with Rahu in Aries. Rahu is the north node of the moon. Rahu brings things like obsession, maybe even to the point of addictive tendencies. Um, also, disruption, unpredictability, this sort of like want, want, want things and it's like never enough. Like that's very Rahu energy, smoke and mirrors energy. Um, and so we have Venus there with Rahu in Aries. So this could be a heightened time for passion. It will be there for the next, you know, month or so. Venus stays in a, in a sign for a month or so. I, I want to say it's like May 6th or something. I don't know. I don't have the date on the top of my head. Just know for the rest of this month, Venus will be in Aries with Rahu. Interestingly, next week on the 21st, which is the day of the new moon, the new moon will be in Pisces. Um, we have Venus will exactly conjoin Rahu about four hours after the peak of the new moon. So we'll still be under the new moon phase. Venus will conjoin Rahu. We'll talk more about what that means on the new moon episode specifically that will be coming out. So don't worry, we'll get there. Um, and then also over the weekend, Mars entered Gemini. And so that's a big deal because Mars, first of all, rules over Aries. So to know what's kind of going on with love and relationships and, um, it's a very big year in general since actually for the last year and for the next six months related to Rahu and K2 with Rahu being an Aries. It's the first sign of the Zodiac. It's very like self oriented. Um, and K2 being in Libra, Libra is the seventh sign of the Zodiac. So it's very like relationship oriented. V Libra is ruled by Venus. It's like the, um, diplomat of the Zodiac, if you will, balance, finding balance and caring about the collective, that's very Libra energy. And so with K2 being there, K2 being the more spiritual, um, moksha-oriented, detached one, the embodied one of Rahu and K2, still a shadow planet, that we have this dynamic going on from last March or April all the way until this October 30th. That is the dynamic with Rahu and K2, the nodes of the moon, this focus towards self, pulling away from the other. So we have Venus there with Rahu, um, probably amplifying that energy, that um, worrying about how how is the relationship serving me, which I have my own opinions about that. Um, maybe I'll talk about it. Maybe I won't today. So Mars rules Aries, and it has just moved out of Venus-ruled Taurus, where it spent a while retrograding. And so Mars went retrograde in Gemini last October. It only retrograded through Gemini for like a week. Um, and then it spent the rest of the time from November, December, January retrograding through Taurus. And it just now is moving out of Taurus. So that might feel like a good amount of forward moving energy. Like if you had been feeling stuck, especially related to where Taurus is in your birth chart or the, the houses in your birth chart that Mars rules over. And if you don't know, get the birth chart decoder. When you go to my website on any page, it pops up and asks if you want it. So it's hard, it's impossible to miss or it's always linked in the show notes. If you want the birth chart decoder, it's free. You can figure out um, basically which signs the Mars or which houses the Mars ruled signs of Aries and Scorpio are in your birth chart. And you can look up what areas of life those houses represent, you can, but I suspect I bring this up because I, I want everybody to like understand astrology because I think it's a really powerful tool 
for self-realization, for understanding yourself, for operating better in the world. And I'm not one to try to gatekeep it like I feel like a lot of astrologers are. So if you want to follow along and learn, that would be how you do it. But I suspect you know. I always suspect that you know. Where have you been feeling stuck in life? And if you have, with this Mars moving into Gemini, you might feel like you all of a sudden have like the oomph and the wherewithal and the power and the drive and ambition to go forward with those things, right? So you could look more into it. You could DIY it with the decoder. You could always book a reading um, if you want more one-on-one support so we can deep dive into those kind of things and give you some practices for yourself. But anyway, um, this Mars moving into Gemini might create some forward moving, some unstuckness, but it's also like fanning the flames, right? Gemini is an air sign. And Mars is the fiery planet, it's the red planet, it's a warrior planet, very concerned with Agni. Actually, from my perspective, different astrologers have different opinions on which planets rule over which chakras, but if you ask me, Mars is third chakra. It's your ambition and drive. It's it's your Agni, it's your your city of jewels, your Manipura, your deep core, right, warrior energy, that is Mars. And it's in Gemini, which might be creating this like fanning the flames effect, which can perhaps lead to inflammation, right, in the body or in your communication because Gemini Gemini is ruled by Mercury, or it could be impacting relationships because Venus is in Mars ruled Aries um, with Rahu. So just be careful at this time while Mars, Mars is in Gemini for the next two months, it's like May 10th, I believe it moves on from Gemini um, to Cancer, where it will be debilitated, so perhaps even longer than that, and also where Venus will spend a good chunk of this summer, July and August, or actually it might even be August and into September, but this summer, if you get the Yogi Scopes Planner, go to yogiscopes.com slash 2023, or it's in the membership, to... Um, to find out the exact dates of all these things, because I don't even keep them in my brain. That's why I make the planner, because it shouldn't rent space in your brain. You just have it on paper anyway, um, or in your computer. So um, this is this is all, I, I this, the shifts happening this week have a lot to do with greater shifts we have going on this year. And so because Venus and Mars are involved this week, they are actually... Um, I mean, because also Rahu and K2 are in Venus and Mars ruled signs, everything Venus and Mars do, I've been saying this ever since Rahu and K2 moved into those signs, everything Venus and Mars do is a little extra impactful on your life because of um, Rahu and K2 being in respectively Mars and Venus ruled signs. Rahu is in Aries ruled by Mars, K2 is in Libra ruled by Venus. And so relationships and your personal drive are on the mind, on the mind this whole year and later this year Venus will con- well it'll conjoin Rahu like next week at the new moon which is so we'll talk about that when we get there how to set intentions we'll talk more about Venus specifically on that episode um but let me pause to think how I want to phrase this um Throughout the rest of the next six months, Rahu and Ketu will be kind of doing their work as they finish out the cycle 
that they're in. And so everything related to how do you want to show up as yourself, maintain yourself, and I want to assert that as a capital S self, and so we're here we are, we're getting here, um, rather than a lowercase s self, and I'll, I'll explain the difference if you're unsure in just a second, um, where the energies of the year, and especially right now, with Venus being conjoined Rahu and Aries, um, and Mars being in Gemini, you might be tempted to be more inflammatory when it comes to communicating in relationships. It, it, you might just be popping off at the mouth, you know what I mean, like, or wanting to. And that can be a good thing, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there are things that you've just not been saying and you should be saying, and that can be fine. And if it gives you the oomph to say those things and it needed to happen, then good, right? Like, popping off at the mouth is not always a bad thing, right? So... So maybe it's that. Maybe, though, it's that you aren't careful and intentional about what needs to be said and you unnecessarily hurt somebody's feelings in a way that feels irreparable. So be careful, right? That's the kind of the energy we have going on. But also, now let's talk about the difference between the capital S self and the lowercase s self and sort of my take on relationships. And I just need to, to caveat this with, like, I've shared this before. I'm the type of person... I have absolutely wrecked my life through codependent relationships before, like hands down, let relationships I should not have stayed in destroy my life, destroyed my own life through not being able to let go of a person, um, defining myself by relationships like that has been a thing in my past. I think I've done enough therapy and stuff that it's not really as big of an issue anymore, but I have to like preface that, that of course, these are my biases, this is my opinion, right? So try this on and see if it feels true for you. But I feel like, and I'm also married and have kids and very like committed. So that's, that's in the background of what I'm saying. I just bring that up to say like, just know that this might influence why I hold these opinions. But I have found it to be true and seen lately, actually it's been, I've seen this since before Rahu moved into Aries, but I feel like I've only seen more of it since Rahu moved into Aries that, um, Folks are having this energy where they're like, I am going to let go of any relationships that don't serve my spiritual advancement, right? And that's like a thing. They're like, if people get in the way of your spiritual advancement, you need to just let them go. And if people aren't on the same like spiritual level as you, then just let them go. And I was walking my dog earlier and thinking about that, thinking about how that's like, that could create a very lonely life right? This, this, uh, sort of spiritual narcissism focusing on yourself. So your, your little S self is what's happening here. When people are like, I just need to take care of myself. Um, they're thinking of their little S self, their ego, their roles. And so like, I struggle with that too, y'all. Like I have small kids and pretty, for lack of a better word, traditional gender roles in my marriage. Um, and so I'm like, I sometimes get resentful like why should I have to be the one missing out on stuff for my career when the kids are sick why can't I you know and so I feel safe bringing this up because I've like processed through it in appropriate venues other than the podcast so I'm like I get it I understand where it's where people are like this relationship is not serving me or whatever and that's very real sometimes if the uh, relationship is, is abusive in some way or codependent holding you back. Yes. But to some degree, 
in partnership, if you're going to make partnership last for a long time, if that is truly a value of yours, um, this Venus with Rahu in Aries energy can be very not supportive of that because it brings this energy of like, how is the relationship serving me, right? Versus, and that that me is the asmita, the ego, the I amness, the little s self, our roles and identities in this lifetime, yes? And the capital S self is what is behind all of those roles. Who are you? without all of your roles and identities and things you want to be known for, which are fine. Like we have to have those to exist in this life and in this plane. And so it's this delicate balance, right? And this is what we're always exploring um, in most of the, the asana classes I teach is like, um, I, an analogy I like to give is like when you're meditating or in Shavasana and you come to that stillness, and you let the snow globe of your mind settle. What is there? What is the image in your snow globe behind all the flurry? So the flurry in this snow globe analogy, we're always shaking our snow globe by doing things like doing the life stuff that we have to do, right? Like moving around. We, ha we can't not move. Like we can't not do tasks and do our duty in life. But do you have a regular practice of letting the flurry, which is the flurry of your mind, which could be like your role, roles in this life, your tasks, your to-do list, your um, I am this to this person. Those are all the little s self that we can't function without, right? Like if you want to go and reach the ultimate spiritual level, you can release your attachments to all people and not, you know, you can go live in an ashram and like be alone with the other monastic people, right? Like that's an option. Or you can figure out how to connect to that image, what's behind the snow globe, let settle into stillness often enough through meditation and shavasana um, that you can see the image in your snow globe, which is the capital S self. And I can't show it to you, right? Like you have to experience it on your own and, and you'll know it when you experience it. In my opinion, I've done an episode of, about this on the science of light, where we explored the eight limbs of yoga. And I was like, that's samadhi, right? Like that's the bliss. You'll know it when you experience it. I can't describe it for you. I can't give it to you. Nobody can give it to you. You have to just settle your snow globe often enough for long enough that you experience it and you'll know it when you see it. Um, and so that's, that's all I can say about the, the little S self versus the big S self. That's my best analogy is the snow globe and what's behind all the flurry, the flurry of your your thoughts and your to-do and your whatever is the little s self. And that's often what I see people when they're like, oh, this relationship's not serving me. The me that they're protecting is their little s self, which is fine. Like you need your little s self and it, and it might be a threat to your well-being for a relationship to threaten certain parts of that. And that's fine. And I'm not here to tell you stay in an abusive relationship, but I am here to tell you that with this Venus conjunct Rahu in Aries with Mars just moving into Gemini this week. Can you be a little careful when it comes to your perceptions in relationship? And so just to give a little foreshadowing about that, I will explore it more on the new moon episode because, um, and I'll talk just in a moment about the other things happening this week. Um, because also, on Thursday, which is today, 
um, <laughs> that I'm recording this, March 16th, Mercury enters Pisces, which is its point of debilitation, and Mars is in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. So just another reason that communications like a little sticky right now might not go off without a hitch having hard conversations. So prepare yourself for them if, if there are hard, hard, hard conversations that you need to have, but you might also have the oomph to have them. But related to Venus in Aries, which is the very like I am, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So it's sometimes called like the baby of the Zodiac. It's like the kid. And you know, kids have to be self-serving because most of the time they can't meet their own needs. They have to be vocal about them so that they can get help getting their needs met, right? And so that's kind of an Aries trait, um, being the first sign of the zodiac. It's, it has that quality. And so um, with Venus and Aries, it might be that you have some needs that you haven't communicated to your partner or people around you. And Venus being in Aries with Mars being in Gemini might give you a an inkling that you want to communicate those things. So good. So do it, right? Um, but be careful with this Rahu influence that you're not considering only your little s self, right? Um, and so if you need a little more support in sorting that out, that's another thing that a reading could be good for. Um, but anyway, then next week when Venus conjoins Rahu at the new moon, it would be a good time to consider how your relationships fit into your capital S self. What's what's behind the snow globe for you? Like, or what's the image in your snow globe behind all the flurry, right? Because the new moon will be happening in Pisces on Tuesday of this week. The sun entered Pisces. So the new moon always happens with the sun. New moon happens when the moon is conjoined with the sun. It's on the same side of earth as the sun. So that's just, all, that's astronomically true about new moons. Um, so it will be happening in Sp Pisces, which is a very like 12th house is moksha or samadhi. Um, well, samadhi is more like the bliss. Moksha is like being free from the cycle of suffering. So if you were going to pursue that, right, it, uh, in all seriousness, you might just give up all your earthly pleasures and things and relationships and, and go live a monastic lifestyle like that. Maybe in the cards for you. I don't know, but I have kids personally, so it's too late for me for that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to abandon my children. Uh, so so for, for most of us, if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone or whatever, your Alexa device, I know some people listen on their smart speaker, you're listening on some technology that, like, you're a householder. Welcome. So am I, right? So So we all have to learn how to navigate this. How do our relationships fit into our spiritual life? And I'm going to assert that you don't need... Like my husband does yoga once every couple years when I ask him to, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to assert that you don't need your partner to be an exact match of you. I don't know. Just all this stuff is on the mind with Venus, the relationship planet being an Aries with Rahu that might cons make you want to be more self-serving. So if I haven't driven that point super home, we'll talk about it more at the new moon episode. Um, but so let's talk more about the spirituality piece because um, the sun being in Pisces with, so Jupiter's there in Pisces um, for the next month or so. Around the same time, the sun moves on from Pisces next month. 
so in April, so will Jupiter. Jupiter will be moving into Aries. Um, and when Jupiter moves into Aries, Rahu will be within two degrees of the sun. So, so definitely a lot of like heating up energy coming our way. April is a big month of big shifts. And so, like I was saying, this, this, these changes with, um, you know, sun and Mercury moving into Pisces and Venus and Mars moving, um, into Aries and Gemini respectively is sort of a foreshadowing of that energy, but we're not at the big shift yet. So we'll, we'll talk about it more, of course, when we do get there, but then in May, Rahu and Jupiter will conjoin exactly. And so this isn't really the point in the episode for me to start talking about Jupiter. Um, although I wanted to, but I don't want to make this episode super, super long. So I will leave it at that. We will talk about it more when we get there, um, more on probably next month, April's monthly outlook, because that's when Jupiter will be moving. Jupiter spends about a year in a sign. Um, but just so no, related to this, we've been talking about Venus and Mars at length in this episode. Um, Mars just finished a long retrograde. Mars does not retrograde every year. It retrogrades like every other year. And same with Venus. Venus retrogrades about every 18 months. And we have, we are due for a Venus retrograde in Cancer and slightly retrograde a little bit in Leo, but the majority of the retrograde for Venus is happening in Cancer this summer. So just be careful because this Venus and Rahu conjunction might make things a little spicy for relationships. So if you are like in a long-term relationship and you want to like, uh, preserve that, you know, you want to make it work, just be a little careful now. Um, but also you might have the oomph to, to say some things that need to be said, just do it with care. Right. Um, and we'll talk about the Venus retrograde more when we get there too. But so over the next six months or so, these Venus and Mars energies are like really um, at the forefront. And Mars will have just moved through Cancer when Venus goes retrograde there. So that's also also on the mind. So just, um, yeah, I feel like everything else in my notes can wait because it's late in the episode. I wanted to talk about um, the fact that Jupiter conjoining Rahu forms a very special thing called a Guru Chandal yoga. Um, and so let me just say a quick couple things about it because, and we can, you can hit me up with your questions on social media, email me, whatever. Um, that just might be a time of a little bit of confusion, right? And like mental disturbance, also feeling very like inclined towards spirituality. Like people might be more inclined towards spirituality. And so we're seeing the inkling of that with sun moving into Pisces now. And we're going to have Rahu is going to move into Pisces later. Um, where, you know, so, so Rahu and Jupiter are switching places. And this is happening beginning next month in April. And so both of them are crossing over what's like the end of the Zodiac between Aries and Pisces. Pisces is the end. Aries is the beginning of the Zodiacs. But Rahu always moves backwards through the signs and Jupiter always moves forward, right? So unless it's retrograde, so 
Jupiter's starting a new cycle. So is Rahu, but it's going, you know, back from the first to the 12th sign. So anyway, they will spend the next, uh, I guess it's like five-ish months or six or seven months. Um, yeah, six months from April to October, Jupiter and Rahu will be conjoined in Aries. So that might bring this more tendency towards spirituality, tendency towards like wanting to be known for spiritual things. Um, it might also bring health concerns and more struggles in relationships. We'll, I'll talk about that separately um, on a later episode. Be on the lookout for that. But I just think it's important to note because we have around the same time Venus is moving out of Aries on words through, the, you know, into Taurus. Venus and Taurus will be a good time. Don't worry. It'll be better um, because Venus rules Taurus. But we'll have Jupiter and Venus switching places. So I, I just bring that up to say like no... Some big stuff is coming, but it's not here yet. So enjoy, enjoy this month of sort of like returning to the light because of um, the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere. This month of with our new moon in Pisces next week that we'll talk more about on a separate episode. Um, that new moon will kick off. Navaratri, which I covered on the March Outlook episode. You can go back and listen to that. Um, the Nine Nights of the Goddess Durga. If you want to know more about that, check out the March Outlook episode where I covered some more of this stuff in depth. And then be on the lookout for the April Outlook episode coming out the week after. So it'll be like March 27th week. Um, the April Outlook episode where we'll talk more in depth about this Jupiter and Rahu conjunction that we have coming up. Um, and what that's, you know, that's going to be a major focus because that's a major energy, energy shift coming next month. So your yoga practices and journal prompts. Don't think that I forgot because I didn't. So just a point of clarification, because I realized I spent a lot of the episode focusing on how to work with this energy if you are in a committed relationship. But if you're not in a committed relationship, um, you might still apply the same things that I said to any of your relationships with your friends, your colleagues, just the people in your life. Um, can you consider this the little s self versus the big s self and how, how you're acting in relation to how you show up in the relationship um, related to those things? But also, if you're looking for a relationship, if you do have the desire to be in a relationship, um, Venus being conjoined Rahu might actually be a good time to consider what, what do you want in a partnership, right? Like how can you show up as the person, um, you know, this whole, this whole idea of like when you focus on yourself is when you're most likely to find the most aligned partner to you when you're like fully showing up as your authentic self. Use this month or so of Venus being conjoined Rahu to do that, to really, uh, put all your love and care into yourself and show up as the person you want to be. And probably somebody might pop up in your circle in, in running in those circles of doing what you enjoy or like, I don't know, go into a yoga class or going to a, an art class. If that's in, you know, something, you know, something of that nature, um, just really nourish yourself and, and somebody might appear, right? That would be a good use of this energy. If you are not in a committed relationship and are looking for one. Um, and consider, consider your needs. And, and I, I don't want to say like checklist, cause that's not what I'm saying. Like your checklist and a partner. Um, 
But yeah, when you show up as your true authentic self, you're more likely to find somebody that aligns with that. Um, so that would be a good use of this time for you if you're not in a committed relationship. Um, so anyway, yoga practices for Venus and Aries specifically, you might do a little face yoga because Aries rules over the head. Um, you might do like a scalp massage, like take extra good care of your hair, do a little hair mask. Um, so that kind of things, things related to beauty, you might get a facial, um, could be really beneficial for Venus in Aries. Then also, um, for try not to be a hothead is like something I kind of wanted to say. Uh, so, so a cooling breath, like Siddhali Pranayama, it's the taco tongue one. If you don't know, you like fold your tongue up like a little taco, stick it out of your mouth and inhale. It brings in this cooling air. It's a nice cooling pranayama. Um, and then that might also be good given that, uh, uh, Mars is heating things up in Gemini. Um, then there's, uh, for Mars in Gemini, we have a practice already uploaded to the membership in the live, the practice library. It's the one we did on Wednesday. If you came live or if you didn't come live and you catch the recordings, it's in there under the practice library, but, um, things like shoulder movements enhance. So Gemini ru rules over the shoulders and arms and hands. So a lot of shoulder movements. I also posted a reel on Instagram with a little, I'm like trying to do that again, but Instagram's not really my jam. So anyway, trying. Um, so I posted a little snippet of that sequence if you want to see for ideas. Um, and so your journal prompts for first Mars and Aries, because I wrote separate ones for each. So one, what are my strengths when it comes to communication and how can I use that, that to achieve my goals? Second, how do I handle conflict and disagreement in my relationships? Third, what patterns have I noticed in how I communicate and express myself when I'm feeling angry or frustrated? That's a really big one for Mars and Gemini. So for Venus and Aries specifically, so a little bit of those touched on the Venus energy, like I've been talking about all episode. Um, for the Venus and Aries specifically, because of the Rahu conjunction, how do I balance my need for independence and freedom with my desire for connection and intimacy? So that's the, that's the whole deal. It's like we all need, that's where I was saying like, please don't interpret what I'm saying in a codependent way like, we all need our own identity. We do. We all need those little, little s self things that make us who we are on this planet earth. But we also need connection, intimacy, and this self-servingness of the little s self and forgetting about the capital S self. Um, that divine connection is a recipe for trouble. So just, just look at the balance um, of that in your life and see if it's serving you or not. How do I balance my need for independence and freedom? Rahu and Aries, um, with my desire for connection and, and intimacy. So the capital S self, we all need it. Um, so how do I balance my desire for variety and novelty with my need for stability and consistency in my life? So that might also be a Venus in Aries thing. You might be like, let's go do something new or like whatever related to love or luxury or creativity. So that's, that's helpful to bring in fresh energy, even if you're in a committed relationship or if you're not. Um, but we do also need stability and consistency. I didn't even touch on how Saturn changed nakshatras this week. Let me know if you have questions about that because it's now is not the time. So thanks for being here. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. 
if I didn't say them at the beginning, I for some reason can't remember if I did or not. I so appreciate you. I hope it's a good week for you. I hope next week of connecting connecting to that goddess energy during Navaratri, I hope that's a beautiful spiritual time for you. Uh, use it as such. And please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.